Hi, you're listening to my mom, Cat Lee, on the Inspired to Action podcast. Hey, can I listen to it? Hey, this is Cat Lee, and I want to welcome you to the Inspired to Action podcast, where moms are always a big deal. And, you know, I want to remind you, whether you hear it from anywhere else, every time you listen to this podcast, I want to remind you that what you do every day is amazing and it matters more deeply than you are ever going to realize. So thank you for what you do. Thank you for doing the dishes. Thank you for doing the laundry. Thank you for making your house a home. Thank you for loving on teaching, training your children. What you do matters. Thank you. And I also want to thank you just for tuning in today. Because you listen to this podcast, I know that you're wanting to learn and to grow as a mom. And that is a powerful, powerful thing. And I know that there are tons of ways that you could be spending your time right now. And honestly, I'm just honored that you would share this time with me and with us. And today, us is myself and author Annie Downs. I have actually known Annie for a long time. Way back in the blogging day, you'll hear us rehash our little story. And um, But you reminded me during this interview that we worked together on a music blog that I used to have, and I totally, I totally forgot that. So that was a really fun memory. And when you listen to this episode, you can find out what Grammy award-winning artist she interviewed for our blog. So that's just something to look for. Tons of nuggets in this episode. I wanted to interview Annie today because she wrote a book that my daughters and I have really been enjoying. It's called Speak Love. And today in this episode, we're going to talk about how we can speak love to our children and how we can teach them to speak love to others and really the power that words have, not just coming from us to our children, but the words that our children speak to each other and to us and to those around them at school or at church or wherever. And also the Evercool Annie will give you some great music recommendations because we love to talk music and she has a ton of really great music recommendations for you. This, honestly, is a can't-miss episode. I took so many notes while listening to Annie talk. She has a way with words, and she has some great wisdom and great stories, and I know you're going to love this episode. So without any further ado, let's jump into today's interview. Hey, Annie. Hi. How are you? I'm great. How are you? I am doing well. How is? Are are you in Nashville right now? Yes, I'm home for a while. It's really great. That's fun. You know, I always dreamed of living in Nashville. Did you really? I did. I did. I always wanted, well, because, you know, I always wanted to be Amy Grant. Right. Wow. Didn't we all? Yeah. You know, Sean Groves was on stage with Amy Grant earlier this week. He he actually Uh posted an Instagram. He was side stage and he was about to go on stage, I think, to do his compassion spiel. And so I texted him just because my seventh grade self wanted to text someone who was on stage with Amy Grant. It was right next to her. Yeah. Yeah. That makes sense. Yeah. So I did it. And I'm sure it was really helpful (laughs) to him and have his phone go off while he's, you know, doing something really important. Yeah, I think it's good. I think that was probably like, I mean, I I can list probably seven or eight people that I would do that to (laughs) support that. Well, um, so Annie, just for everybody listening, I would love for you to tell us a little bit about yourself and um, and your story. Okay. Um, I am Annie Downs. I'm an author and a speaker based out of Nashville, Tennessee, but I'm originally from Marietta, Georgia, which is like a suburb in Northwest Georgia, I think, Northwest Atlanta. 
And um, yeah, I've been writing full time for about and speaking full time for about a year and a half. Before that, I had every part time job Nashville had to offer <laughs> so that I could work on my writing on the side and still have some income. So I was a nanny and I worked at a taco restaurant and I wrote bios for artists and musicians and photographers and all sorts of people. So I had every job under the sun in this town. And but since about April of 2012, I've been doing this full time. My first book called Perfectly Unique came out in August of 2012. And my second book called Speak Love came out in September of 2013. So that's where we are now. I travel a lot. Um, I'm often with the Girls of Grace tour, which is a really neat um, girls event for teen, like girls that are like 11 to 18 and their moms. And it's run by Point of Grace, which is so awesome that like Point of Grace knows my name because <laughs> I've been singing There's a Bridge Across the Great Divide since I was like 11. So, um, yeah, so I think that kind of answers it. I'm single, so not a mom, no husband, no kids currently. But I do live with, I have a married couple who lives with me right now while they're building a house. So, like, I kind of feel like I know what it's like to have hormones that relate to being pregnant. <laughs> I keep telling my friend Amber, I'm like, I'm pretty sure that your hormones are affecting me. I can't find any scientific <laughs> research online, but I am pretty sure that you're affecting me. <laughs> uh, well, you know, they say things about husbands getting cravings when their wives are pregnant. So you're living with them. So Right. Okay. Well, see, that's what I've, I've done a lot of Googling about this cat. And I, because <laughs> I was like, it has got to be true that I, the fact that I'm more hungry and more tired has to be related to the fact that. Amber is like eight months pregnant <laughs> I think and that, we've lived together for four of her eight months. I think that's valid. Definitely. Okay, I'm yeah. glad to know that. You I did. should do it. I should be the scientific research on that. <laughs> that's your next book right there. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so for everybody listening, Annie and I actually go, well, in blog years, we go way, way, way back. Yeah. Like I remember reading your blog when you lived, you still lived in Georgia And I don't remember how I found it exactly, but I want to say it was a post about you going to a cooking school. Is that? Yeah. Did you do that? Okay. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. And I remember reading it and I remember cracking up and telling my husband, Jimmy, this is the next boo mama. Oh my gosh. Just your (laughs) sense of humor was just so funny. And I was just loving boo. I mean, I love her writing. I just think she's so funny. And so then I read your blog and I was like, she is so just witty and her way with words. And so it's been, I mean, I feel, I feel almost maternal towards you to have seen the whole journey of, you know, you writing a blog and you were a teacher at the time. Is that right? Right. Right. I taught elementary school. Isn't it crazy? I mean, I think that's one of the most beautiful things about the blog world is that there are so many friends of mine who have walked this entire, I mean, like you, you and Boo Mama and Melanie, Big Mama, you know, like so many women who have saw me move to Nashville mm-hmm. and, and, you know, cause I get a lot of like, when I do book interviews with radios, people say like, um, can you believe this fast rise of your career? <laughs> and I'm like, man, I'm so glad that there are so many people that are like, you know what wasn't fast? Annie <laughs> publishing a book. That was not fast. That was a long, long journey. So anyway, I'm really grateful that that we've been friends for as long as we have. 
it's it's um it's been just really fun to watch the whole you know it's like watching a movie well in slow motion i guess but just the whole story from school teacher to touring with the brit nicole and point of right you know (laughs) right i know how awesome is that and i i was telling my friend matt yesterday that that if i struggle with something professionally i struggle with celebrating because i always go okay let's do the next thing okay we need I need, I don't have enough money. I don't have enough time. I don't have, you know? And so I told him yesterday that sometimes what I say to myself is you need to talk to Annie from 2005 mm-hmm. because Annie from 2005 would not believe that you tour with Brit Nicole mm-hmm. and Annie from 2005 would not be able to deal with the fact that you get to do the things you get to do and that you have two books out and so sometimes I need her to celebrate in me. You know what I mean? Yes. Yes. Well, that, that's surprising because, uh, when we got your book in the mail, I was like, okay, kids, you cannot open it in the car. You're not allowed to open that package in the car. You have to open it over the kitchen table. That's right, because you knew what a lot of people don't know is that everything I mail, we include a scoop of sequins. Right. And it goes everywhere. Right. So they were like, but why, Mom? And I'm like, you'll see. And so they open it. And they're like, oh, we get it, Mama. So I um, like it. What? Oh, loved it. Loved it. Yeah, yeah I, I had to. Um, well, my oldest tends to pull this occasionally, but, you know, she'll be reading. I'm like, sweetheart, it's time to go to bed. She's like, mama, but I'm reading the Bible. And so, you know, f- several nights after we got uh, the journals, I was like, it's time to go to bed. And she's like, but mom, look. And she had her Bible out and she had her journal out and she had the book out. And I'm like, OK, 15 minutes. She's like, yeah, mom. Oh, my gosh. So. so- they they have loved it and I have loved it and um I would love for you to share a little bit. So her Annie's latest book is called Speak Love and my kids love it and they're my, or my girls, my 5-year-old started reading it, but you know, he only right. made it so far or he's 6. Right, now. fair. Yeah. Fair. Um and uh but my my 9 and 11-year-old girls loved it and I loved it. And so that just says, I think, a lot about Annie's writing. It's um, it's not, you know, it's not a, a comic book or anything like that. And yet my daughters loved reading it because it's just so fun and conversational. And she just ha- does this fantastic job of weaving in truth with great stories and pra- practical wisdom and tons of humor. And it, uh, it's, a, it's a great book. So tell us about the book, the heart behind it. And, um, yeah. Yeah. Okay. So I, when I wrote perfectly unique, I kind of like, if you look at the back of my first book, when I do my acknowledgements, I kind of say, you know, I'm going to thank everyone I've ever met because I'm not sure I'll ever get to do this again. (laughs) And, um, and that's really how I felt with perfectly unique. I, I just thought, I don't know that, that we'll have another opportunity to do this. And, so last year, last school year, the 12-13 school year, I was on the Girls of Grace tour and they had asked me to speak about the power of words. And so I thought, well, certainly I can do that. I've been talking my entire life. So I promise you I can write about the power of words and speak about the power of words. And so about halfway through last season, we did a Girls of Grace event in Grand Rapids where Zondervan, my publisher, is based. And so I a bunch of people from Zondervan came and one of the people who can make statements like this, one of the decision makers said, I think that's your next book. And I was like, Oh, I get to have a next book. Like, okay. (laughs) Like I didn't even know I'd get to do that again. And, um, and so I, I began to kind of pray through and think about what that would mean. And I just, 
I started listening more, more intently to the girls who were coming to my table and emailing me and talking to me after events about how they were affected by the words other people use. And I think no matter your age, you can think back to things people have said to you that have really hurt you. And there's got to be a way that we as an adult, as adults can mentor the next generation so that they will use their words well Mm -hmm. and use their words better than we do or we have. And so that's kind of part of the goal with Speak Love is not only, I mean, the goal is to teach girls in their teens and 20s to stop being the mean girl and to start using their words to speak life. Um, That is absolutely the goal. And then the secondary goal is how do we train women to mentor and disciple teen girls? And because, you know, this is going to be very honest, you know, there are times when you, when you sit by the pool, not you cat, but you in general, the, the female adult, right. We sit by the pool with kids beside us and we talk unkindly about other moms at the pool Or when we're in the carpool line, we are complaining about other moms or a situation with another adult. And then we expect our daughters not to be mean girls when what they are hearing modeled from us is unkindness toward other people. Mm -hmm. And so it's kind of a two-headed beast a little bit that if we want to see the girls below us leave the mean girl mentality behind, then we have to be willing to make some changes too as adults. Mm -hmm. You know, that's, that's, you talk about how it's, it's geared toward teens and and twenties, but my 11 year old was reading it and she has, you know, different people at school that I think she would classify as a mean girl. They're, they're, you know, she, any parents of my daughter's classmates, they're all really generally sweet, but you know, there are things. Well, that's the truth of everybody is that no one is all the time the mean girl and no one is all the time the victim. Yeah. You probably have a lean toward one way or the other, but it is true that there, there are times when the mean girl can be your best friend. That's what makes it so painful. Mm, That is good right there. That's true. And I see that in my daughter's situation. Yeah. As well. And, And it was just so good for her to read through that and feel like, Hey, this is a thing. This isn't yeah. just my situation. This isn't just me. This is a thing. Right. And, right. and to hear other an adults say, hey, listen, you you aren't going to have to suffer under this. Mm-hmm. This is, you know, you, there's a way that this can be different for you. Mm-hmm. Well, and I just love, too, how you, you know, it challenged her to, to see God in that situation. Mm-hmm. And I love how you just weave the scriptures uh, throughout the book, because she would be sitting down and she would be writing those things out even before we got the journal. So just for everybody listening, there's the Speak Love book and then there's the the journal as well. And so, yeah. but even before she got that, when she just had the book, she got her own journal out and yeah. she was writing out the scriptures that you included in there and then writing down her thoughts on it. And it just helped her to process through some of the things that she was experiencing at school and helped her to reevaluate how she was responding to it. Sure. Yeah. And it, I don't, I just, there comes a point as a mom where you can see your influence fading a little bit, you, you know, mm-hmm. at some level and, and you want somebody else to step in to really be kind of that fresh voice of wisdom yeah. and inspiration. And, and that book really was it for me, um, in this situation with my daughter and, Thanks. Um, and you know, that's kind of true across the board for teenagers. It was true for me too. And, and in the youth leader circle, it's considered the blackout phase okay. where the teenager kind of blacks out what their parents say and doesn't mm-hmm. listen. You could say the exact same thing 
that the cool youth leader says, and your kids are going to listen to the youth leader and not listen to you. It's just part of some part of the anatomy of growing up. And so I had really amazing adults that were around me when I was a teenager so that when I wouldn't listen to my parents, even though they were wise, there were other people speaking into that. And that's kind of, you know, a funny thing people ask me all the time is, how did you get started? What was your inspiration to become a writer? And the truth is I was serving the girls in my local church. I was a youth group leader and I was helping. I mean, I wrote Perfectly Unique as a Bible study for the girls that were in my small group. And so that's, you know, I think what you're saying is exactly true that, that parents are wise to allow other voices that are trustworthy, of course, right? A lo- to allow other voices to speak into their children's lives because that there will, I mean, everyone remembers being a teenager. There's times when we don't want to listen to our parents mm-hmm. and you want to have that cool youth leader or that cool soccer coach that knows the Lord, that knows you and your kids to speak into that experience in those years as well. Mm -hmm. And, you know, my daughter, my oldest daughter is 11. And it's, I I think now is the time where I really need to sow those seeds Uh, because she's, I mean, she's, she loves to go on dates with me. We're still in that phase, but I know that she is, is headed in that direction. And so when our kids are in this tween phase, it's the perfect time to start introducing people that aren't us, but that share our values and can speak wisdom into them. And, and so I'm just so thankful because there aren't really, um, I don't feel like there's a lot of books, especially for the tween age. And your book is probably a little bit more geared towards high school, but it was great for my, my kids to read. Um, but I don't know if there's not a lot for the tweens, is there? No, I mean, not, I mean, there's like, there's like, fictional books like the lily series and the faith girls book series but not actual meaty truth books that are still fun to read and part of the problem with that is that from the author publisher side is that tween girls don't often want to read tween books Mm. because they feel like they come across as baby or younger or you know an 11 or 12 year old doesn't want to read a book that's geared for nine through 12 year olds. Right. And so, so it's kind of a tricky spot. Um, It's a tricky spot. Yeah. I I think about it a lot because there's a lot of girls in that age bracket that are in my life here in Nashville. And, and I'm always thinking like, man, I want to resource these girls, but, but how do how do you make it young enough for them and cool enough for them? Mm -hmm. They're like the hardest demographic Mm -hmm. to me. Well, you know, the decision that I came down to is that there's lots of shows that um, my, my daughter's friends watch that I don't really want her to watch just because, you know, bad attitudes or, or whatever on the shows. And, you know, while... Caillou problem, huh? What? <laughs> it's the Caillou that everybody thinks is disrespectful. <laughs> well, I, probably, I don't know if I let my kids watch that either because he's just a, kind of annoying. Yeah. <laughs> him, him and Barney, I, I didn't really let my kids watch a lot of that. Um, personal preference. Um, but... When it when I got the book, I was your book. I was reading through it, and I was like, "Well, you know, she mentions a little bit about boys, and generally, I don't, you know, the I, I don't um, have the kids read a lot of stuff. You know, I'm like until they're interested in it and mention it and talk about that sort of stuff. Let's just keep them little while we can. And so, so I was like wondering, you know, are they old enough to read this? And I was like, you know what? If I'm going to have my kids read or or participate in or watch or do anything that is a little bit above their age. I want it to be something like this, something packed with truth and wisdom. And then as a point of conversation for them. And so there might not be a lot of tween stuff out there. 
I'm okay with them reading stuff. And, and I think that honestly helped my daughter want to read it because, you know, for my 11 or nine-year-old, it was, especially my nine-year-old, it was a little bit more challenging to read. But because they knew that it was geared towards high schoolers, they were like, ooh, this is this is really cool, cool. to read. Yeah. <laughs> this is really cool. Yeah, and it was you know, interesting. interesting uh, thing about the boys chapter is, and this stuff in general, is that I, because I care about preteens as well as teenagers, I try to write everything pretty G-rated. Yeah, yeah. Um, where, I, where I don't even think the word sex isn't in either of my books. I'm not sure the word kissing isn't either <laughs> of my books. And, um, but I do think it's important that it's never too early to teach young women how to respectfully speak to each other and respectfully speak to boys. Yes. Because yes. we don't want to teach them, whether they're in fourth grade or 12th grade, that when they're out on the playground, that they can call the boys sissies or call the boys names like that, that speak into their identity. Mm-hmm. You know, so the earlier we can teach them like, hey, part of being a good friend is speaking life into the guys in your class as well as the girls in your class. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And as I was, as I read through the book, I was like, this is just, this is just good. This has so much value. And I did appreciate that because I had just glanced, I was like, oh, there's, there's a section on boys. And so I, that's when I was a little bit hesitant. But then once I read through it, I was like, this is perfect. Oh, thanks. Perfect for my kids to read through and to process because as much as I don't want it to happen, they continue to grow up. Yeah. And that's right. Yeah. I hate to break it to you. I hate to tell you, but yeah, they're going to just keep getting older. I haven't found that pause button yet. So, um, it's just great stuff for them. So as moms, um, I know everybody listening had a grown up, whether it was a mom or a parent or somebody speak something to them that they probably said offhandedly. Yeah. That has stuck with them. And, um, affected how they respond to life. As moms, how can we be more conscious about our words towards our kids? Yeah, I think it's got to be such a um, balance of truth and grace, even in your own, even as you're laying down at night and thinking back over your day, you know, because no one is going to do this perfectly. No one is going to, no kid is going to grow up without having a memory of something that hurt them, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I want to preface that before I give any like tips, because I don't want moms to feel like, well, Annie says I have to be perfect or I'm going to scar <laughs> my child. Right. right <laughs> because right. that's not true. Um, so I think it looks like this. I think it looks like being really intentional with what you say and pausing before you speak. Like I still have experiences as an adult where I go, man, if that other adult would have thought before they said that, a lot of le- a lot less people would be hurt. Mm. You know, I think mm-hmm. it just I think it comes down to can we think before we speak and can we process before we say out loud what we need to say out loud whether that's frustration or anger or whatever. Um I also think it looks like being really intentional with training I mean, we moms and dads work so hard to teach their kids how to speak when they're like one and two. You know, you practice words and you say them over and over and you point at things and teach them what a microwave is and what a computer is. And then once they know how to talk, we quit training them on how to speak. And I don't think that's I don't think that's right. I think we should continue to say, well, okay, if you want to make a joke, that's fine. But let's make sure the joke is appropriate. If you want to write an encouraging note to our neighbor. Why don't we do that? You know, like, why don't you write a letter to your teacher today? Or why don't you go and speak? 
kindly to that girl on the playground who's sitting by herself, like, why don't we continue to train children and young adults in how they use their words? I think it, I think it's as important as teaching them to drive, as teaching them to how to pick colleges, how to make wise choices, as if we focus and go, listen, you need to really think about how you're using your words because it matters, you know. That is good. Right there. Feeling like a little bit of conviction (laughs) right now in the best way possible, in the best way possible. But that I I never even thought of it that way. You know, we teach them we want to make sure, oh, no, our kid is five months behind in, in speaking or in their speech skills. And we work with them and work with them. But to keep on teaching them how to use the words. That's, I love that analogy. That was, that is convicting. And I think it's an easy thing for us to, for us to push aside on a couple of levels, especially with girls where we go, oh, well, they, you know, they're going to come up against this. Someone's going to be mean, you know, you know, we should, in in fact, I see bloggers write posts, our friend, Lisa Joe, you know, Lisa Joe Baker, Mm -hmm. Lisa Joe wrote this beautiful post to her daughter about how she would be there when the mean girl was mean to her. Mm-hmm. And so I, I mean, I picked up the phone and I called Lisa Joe and I was like, Lisa Joe, it doesn't have to be like that. I was like, your, your post is beautiful and true, or we can get rid of the mean girl so that Zoe doesn't have to know the mean girl, mm-hmm. you know? Yes. Uh, so I, I kind of don't want us to swallow that pill as a culture and instead go, no, you know what? In my daughter's school, it's going to be different. It's going to be different because I'm going to teach her that when she hears someone being mean, that she knows how to handle that. And when she feels the inclination because she's feeling insecure or left out or whatever to be mean, I, we, she will know a different way. Mm-hmm. That mm-hmm. kind of stuff. That That's really important to me. But you hear, I mean, I love Lisa Joe. This isn't an anti-Lisa Joe right. thing. Right. She's awesome. She's awesome. I just called her immediately and said, I love what you wrote, but Lisa Joe, let's go after the mean girl. Let's just get rid of the mean girl. Yeah. There's like a greater dream. Yeah. Yeah. There's a bigger dream than your daughter feeling supported when the mean girl is mean. The right. bigger dream is that your daughter doesn't know that because that's not this international, for starters, it's not international. The mean girl isn't known world round and it's not cross generation. This isn't something that is the mean girl, quote, quote, hasn't existed forever. Hmm. It's this thing we invited into our culture that when people, people being mean has been around forever, right? But, right. but giving it a name and an accepted part of, pers- of our culture is not, has not always been the case. And we need to like, look at that and recognize that, you know? That's it. I, I just love your way with words. If I ever seem slow in responding to a question, it's because I'm trying to write down notes. Oh my gosh. So I love how you said something that we've invited into our culture. And you know, it, it, uh, I think that's so true. And, and it makes me think about what are we inviting into the culture of our family yeah. uh, as far as how we use our words and, and even how we label each of our kids with mm. our words or how they might use their words. Right. You know, uh, one thing I see, there's a family here in Nashville. Um, you probably know them, Carlos Whitaker and Heather Whitaker. Mm-hmm. And one thing they do so well is that they teach their kids over and over verbally, as well as just by how they live, that they're a team. Mm. And they just say, hey, that's your teammate. Hey, they're on your team. You know, and they, they kind of live this, we are each other's biggest fans thing. Mm-hmm. And the culture they've built in their family, I think, is really beautiful. And so it's exactly what you said. Like, what are we inviting in that we don't have to invite in? Or that we wish we were in our family, you yeah. know? 
Yeah, setting setting that vision, giving that bigger dream. Yeah, yeah. For how we use our words. So you are um you are cool. <laughs> Thank you. I hope so. And uh well, first of all, your voice is just cool. I'm sure everybody listening okay. is like, man, I wish I had I only have a voice <laughs> like her. Maybe when I have a cold and I sound cool for three oh, days. That's so sweet. Do you know what's so funny is that when I had my tonsils out when I was tw- I'm 33 now, I had my tonsils out when I was 27. And the doctor said, um, when I go in there, by the way, I'm going to take a look at your vocal cords and see if we can do something about that husky voice. And I was like, oh, my God. <laughs> and then when he did the surgery afterwards, he said, um, you know, I checked out your vocal cords and I've never seen vocal cords shaped like that. He was like, you just have weird shaped vocal cords. I was like, I know God did this to me on purpose. I'm really loud. I have a very distinct voice. Well, he knew you were going to be a speaker, I oh, guess. That's right. He and knew so- all along. He made you pleasant to listen to. Right. Thank you. That's so sweet. Um, so how can you have, you've worked with, I mean, you've been a teacher, you've worked with college students, with teens, you tour on the Girls of Grace tour and around tween, teen, college girls a ton. Yeah. yeah. What insight can you give moms into that generation? And well, yeah, we'll just start with that one. Yeah. Well, um, for starters, I think they are an incredible generation. I think that they have got power that we've never had because of social media. And because, especially for young girls, the, the terrain is changing quickly and the landscape is changing about what is acceptable for women to do and what isn't. And I'm not like jumping on the whatever team or any of that kind of stuff. I'm just saying right. like, if you just look at culture, there are more women in CEO jobs than there ever were before. There are more women running businesses than ever have before. And, and your children are growing up in that culture. And so they're just being given more freedom than ever before, which is really awesome. But just like, I think it's Spider-Man that said, that says something about, uh, you have to wield your power. Well, like you have a lot of power, but you have to use it well. Um, and I think that's what, that's the interesting thing we need to process through for these young women and men is how do we teach them how to, when, when we don't know what it's like to have that amount of verbal and social power as a 15 year old. And yet God has asked us to be the one to train them up in that. Mm-hmm. And so for some reason, I used to kind of dream that I would be born like when Pride and Prejudice was around. You know? <laughs> I'm super pale. And so I always think like, man, the boys in the 1800s would have like <laughs> thought I was irresistible. And, um, and so I always kind of wish that I always kind of felt like I was born in the wrong generation. But the longer I'm in this role and the longer I'm around teenagers, I realize, man, we are so lucky like God really must trust us to raise this next generation because they're going to be the most impactful generation that our planet's ever seen. And so I think that if we can remember that, even when it gets hard, even when they get frustrating, even when all the things feel like they're going wrong, if we can remember that we are, it is really an honor to help raise them and to help speak into their lives, I think that will go really far in giving us the ability to to suck it up a little bit. Mm -hmm. Um, But I also think you keep, I I I know we've harped on this a little bit, but the two things that we can't teach young men and young women enough is that God made them on purpose, that the way they are formed emotionally, spiritually, physically was, was God's intention. And that he has called them to be brave with their words, with their actions. 
and with their hearts, you know? And so if we can teach, I mean, I kind of stand on those two stories all the time. God made you on purpose. God made you to be brave. God made you on purpose. God made you to be brave. And, um, (coughs) excuse me. And I think, I think if we can really, if we can put in the next generation that God made them on purpose, that'll, I wonder if that'll just fix a lot of the things that we're seeing in 20 year olds and in 30 year olds that are insecurities and, and trauma issues. And I wonder if some of that will just fix if the next generation knows that they were made on purpose. And that there's, yeah. Yeah. I love what Andy Andrews, have, have you heard of Andy yeah. Andrews? I love what he says, and I'm probably going to botch it because I'm trying to say it off the top of my head, but something to the effect of if you are um, still alive, well, if you're, yeah, if you're still alive, then it's because there's something left for you to, oh, I'm, never mind. <laughs> I'm totally trying to quote it and I cannot think of it, but it's a series of things and it's really awesome. But I can't remember. I I get what you're saying. I mean, I do think that's true. The the fact that, and and I say this to teenagers every weekend because I teach on leadership at Girls of Grace. And I say to them every weekend, you do not have to know everything to be a leader. You don't have to always be right to be a leader. You just have to be one step ahead of somebody. And so where some parents or, and leaders might feel insecure or unable to lead well, well, I was a mean girl and, and I don't know how to tell my daughter not to be, or I've always been insecure and I don't know how to tell my daughter to be confident. I mean, you, you don't have to be perfect at mm-hmm. it. You just have to be one step ahead of the people you're trying to lead. And God gave you your children on purpose. Mm-hmm. I mean, he knew exactly what he was doing when he gave you your children and, and he trusts that you will raise them. under those truths, you know? Well, and I think, you know, you said how it's, this generation is the most socially connected because of social media. And so it's, you know, infinitely more important that we do, that we learn how to speak love, that we teach our children how to, because everything they say is going to a much broader audience than any, than any generation before. That's right. And And it's more impactful, you know, because used to be, especially, you know, when I, if I was picked on during high school or middle school and I went home, it was done. It was, I was away from it. I was separated from it. Or if I was being picked on at church, which happens, I could go home from church and be away from it. But now because of social media, there isn't a lot of getting away from it. If you can't teach your child to turn off their computer, Mm -hmm. you know, and a lot of times we, that's all that needs to happen is they just need to be remembered that there's a real life besides what's going on online on the computer. Mm-hmm. And so you're, I mean, you're exactly right. There's got to be, you know, yes, all the things you're saying. Yes, I agree with you. <laughs> um, okay. So give moms some, you've toured with some really great musicians. Yes. Give oh, moms. I was hoping we get to talk about this yes. guy because I love when we talk about music. Give moms some people to listen to, to introduce yes. their kids to. Okay. So I would say the best Christian music coming out right now, there's a couple of bands that have just kind of blown my mind lately as far as they're, they have the skill level of any mainstream band and yet they're choosing to do lyrics that are, that honor God. Um, so for King and Country is a great group there. It's, it's a, it's the main two guys are two brothers that are Rebecca St. James's younger brothers. And they have a very Mumford and Sons, um, big band, lots of drums kind of sound. And they're just really fun to listen to and to watch. 
Um, as far as for worship leaders, I love Meredith Andrews. I just think nobody's writing the kind of stuff she writes. Um, Jamie Grace, of course, most people know Jamie Grace, but Jamie Grace just has such a connection with young women and they love her. She's real pop and real um, just fun. She's super mm-hmm. fun to listen to. Capital Kings is a real fun, like, um, rap kind of hip hop group. Um, let me think. Oh, Royal Taylor has been out with us a couple of times. And oh my gosh, those guys are so fun and they play really great. The lead singer is, um, from Houston. The rest of the guys are from Nashville, but they sound like, he kind of sounds like Michael Jackson and kind of has like a real cool pop rock sound. Um, Britt Nicole, of course, is incredible. Dara McLean is incredible. I'm trying to think who else I can't quit right now in that space. Um, yeah, Britt, Dara. That's about it. I really would love a good girl group to come up. There's mm-hmm. one called Five Nation, but I haven't like seen them live, so I can't speak much to how great they are. But, but I would love to see a good girl group because it kind of seems to be a ton of guy groups right now, which is fun. But Do you sing? <laughs> yeah, do you want to start something? Nope. <laughs> uh, awesome. No. Oh, I, well, and you live in Nashville, so you're in the music hub. Yeah, you, you know, four or five years ago when we were writing on music stuff together, I was way more, I was here more. So I was hearing more indie bands and what they were singing about. But uh, but I've been out of town so much, and now I'm kind of listening to whoever's on the road with us. That's so. I think I forgot about that. So when I had the Bloggable Music Network, we did something on that for a while. Did, yeah. You, so I did interviews for you. I interviewed yeah. Joy Williams. and So, you know, the other day I was watching, uh, I don't remember what award show it was, but I remember Taylor, they were honoring, it was the CMAs, I guess. So they're uh-huh. honoring Taylor Swift. She's like in the front row. It's like all these country legends on stage. Yeah. And then Joy Williams was sitting right next to her and I was like, oh, yeah. She did a oh, little yeah. video for yeah. the blog. And then you, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's all coming back to me now. Yeah. We did JJ Heller. Uh-huh. I think we did Joel Rakes, too, yep. who's great. Yep. But, yeah. yeah that was such a great day. idea for a blog. <laughs> it was bad. a great idea. You really did. It was really cool. Too bad it didn't, you know, pan out. Right. But maybe, maybe, I still have the domain name. Maybe someday. Right. And everything builds into something else. I mean, yeah. you, you know, it was worth it. So fun. So fun. Well, Annie, thank you. Oh, thanks, so much. And listen, here's here's a thing I want I love to say to parents. If there is something I can do to help, like like if you are trying to work through how to teach your daughter or son how to do this stuff, I'm really easy to find on the internet. So just email me and let's talk about it. I mean, I don't know everything and I've never been a parent, but I certainly am willing to like email communicate about what I can do to help. So I just want to put that out there. I'm easy to find. Awesome. Yeah, look for her. She's Annie Downs. Annie Spelled Downs on just Twitter. Just like you'd think. That's right. And <laughs> my blog is annieblogs.com. And can so so that's you on Twitter. That's your blog. Can you tell everybody your books again and where they can find them? And uh, sure. maybe the Girls of Grace tour. Anything else you want to mention? Yeah. So Girls of Grace is super easy to find. It's girlsofgrace.com. And next spring we have, I think we have six or seven dates next spring all over the US. So um, check on the website and see if we come to you. And there's always ticket giveaways as well on my blog and other blogs. Um, so that's Girls of Grace. My books are perfectly unique. 
and speak love. And the best place to find them really is your local bookstore. I love, love local bookstores. So that'd be the first place to look. If they don't have them, they can, they should be able to order them for you as well as the speak love journal. It's called speak love revolution. And, or you can, I mean, they're on Amazon, they're on Barnes and Noble. They're all over the place. They're anywhere that you can buy books. You should be able to find mine. And and I I did want to throw out there that, um, so my nine-year-old had a harder time reading the speak love book. So depending on the reading level of your kid, um, she loved, I mean, loved and asked permission to like jump ahead days doing the, um, the journal. And so, so, you know, for everybody listening, if you, you know, if your kid is younger, um, you know, seven, eight or nine or whatever, but you want them to be, you know, working through this stuff and thinking about how they use their words and you want them to get this information, then, then try the journal. Cause my, my nine-year-old just really, really ate that thing up. So. Oh, good. Thanks. I'm glad to hear that. But yeah, did you want to mention anything else? Did you? No, I think that's me. That's me everywhere. Annie Downs on Twitter. Um, I'm on Facebook. I'm on Instagram. I'm on Pinterest at Annie blogs and all those places. Um, yeah, I'm just kind of anywhere on the internet. So <laughs> awesome. Awesome. Um, well, I appreciate you. I appreciate the way that you've used your words uh, to help other people. And just to speak in, you know, it's just neat that that people that I know and value can speak into my kids' lives yes. through a book. You, yeah. I just love that. And and so just for everybody listening, like I, I said, I've, we, Annie and I have known each other for a long time, and I just highly value her wisdom. And I fully, you know, you, you can sometimes come across books and you're like, well, I don't know. Seriously, get this book. Whether your kid is old enough for it now or not, as moms, it's a book that we yeah. need to read because our words are so, so powerful, so powerful. And yeah, so right. I just challenge you to, to get that, read through it. And um, yeah, check out Annie online, connect with her, find her and um, tell other people about her. And, you know, another thing cool that you could do if you do have girls, you know, that are tween to teen age is maybe do a book club with your your daughter and some of her friends or some of her yeah. classmates so that it's something that they can work through together and, um, and that everybody's kind of on the same page and moving in the same direction. So, yeah, that's great. Yeah. All right. Well, Annie, I hope you have a wonderful rest of your day in Thanks, Nashville, friend. Tennessee. I'm glad to talk to you. It's good talking to you, too. We'll talk to you later. Okay. Bye. Annie's awesome, isn't she? I love the stuff that she had to share. And I hope that, you know, all of us will not just listen to what she had to share, not just be inspired, but that we're going to go and live differently the rest of our day today and tomorrow and the next day. And these are things that we're going to incorporate into our mothering so that we're not just inspired, but we're inspired to action. That's the name of the blog and the podcast. Okay. Well, that is all that we have for today's episode. And I just want to thank you for joining me, for taking the time out of your day to listen. I know there's tons of things you could do, a lot of ways that you could spend your time. And so I just really appreciate that you would spend it with us. And I hope it's encouraged you. And if you have any ideas, anything you want me to cover in the podcast, anybody you want me to interview, just go to inspiredtoaction.com, click on the contact button and send me an email. I'm here for you. I'm here to help you. I'm here to get resources for you. So whatever you need, you just head over there, send me an email, and I will do my best to interview a person, answer a question, do whatever I can to help you and to encourage you. 
I want to give a quick shout out to a few people who used the Inspired to Action hashtag on Instagram. If you haven't done that, try it out. Uh, Head over to Instagram and take a picture and use the Inspired to Action hashtag. Tell us what you're doing. Maybe share a moment of your day with your kids. And uh, the person that I want to highlight this week is Mercy Inc. on Instagram. She shared a picture of her boys and just thought about the fact that they're growing up and they're not babies anymore. And girl, I relate. It's sad. My youngest is six. So I'm, I'm savoring every moment of his littleness or not so littleness as the case may be. So now Mercy Inc., she is also in the process of adopting. So she has an awesome store with some really cool stuff, some some printables. Or I don't know if they're printables or if they're actually paper ones that she mails you, but you can check that out. You can go to mercy.storeenvy.com. That link will be in the show notes as well. She's got some cool necklaces, and uh, those proceeds are going to go to fund their adoption. So if you want to do that, head over to mercy.storeenvy.com. I would also love to give a thank you to a few people who left reviews on iTunes. So thank you to 8Turtles, to SJ Menifee, and to Master Odin, or Sarah R. Not sure how you pronounce any of those, but y'all, thank you for writing those reviews, for giving a rating. That helps Inspire to Action podcast get found in iTunes and helps moms get the encouragement that they need. And we have surpassed 60,000 downloads. That's crazy y'all crazy. So there are a bunch of kids in this world running around with some inspired moms and some moms who are encouraged. So that is all because of you. Thank you so much for doing that. Uh, I have a couple announcements really quick. Actually, just one. Actually, just one announcement. Coming up in the new year, uh, we recently just did a motherhood boot camp. I want to do more of these things. I want to do more events and interactive webinar type things coming up in this new year because I want to focus on the action part of the name, not just inspiration, but focus on action and give you guys some real events that you can participate in that are going to have a deeper impact, I hope, on your life and your mothering than just a blog posts, you know, every now and then. So coming up in the new year, the first one we're going to do is a meal planning boot camp. I did this once last year. It was great. I know it helped lots of people and we're going to do it again starting in January. So stay tuned for that. And if you have any, uh, like I said before, if you have any ideas for any more interactive boot camp type stuff, uh, just send me an email, inspiredtoaction.com. Click the contact button. Let me know how I can help you and what I can do to help you as a mom. And as always, you can check out all the notes for this session at inspiredtoaction.com. And um, you can also download any of our free ebooks or our free prayer calendars for moms. Just go to inspiredtoaction.com and click on the resources link. Now, my name is Kat Lee, and I wish you a wonderful day with your family. And remember, you are a mom. You're totally a big deal. Now go be awesome. <laughs>